Hello and good evening. Hope everyone is doing great. My name is Janet Machuka and I'm so glad that you are joining us today for this Twitter space. Feel welcome. Looking forward to amazing conversations, questions. I can see our speakers are on board. Alice Kemunto, Kwame, and our other guest speaker, Boniface Committee from Competition Authority of Kenya. Now I invite my fellow co-host Kwame to say hi and of course share something before we kick off the conversation. Hi Kwame, how are you? Good evening everyone. Hi, how are you? Great, I'm doing great. Hope you are so charged for this conversation that we are going to have in the next few minutes. Yes, I am. I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much and welcome everyone. Great. Thank you so much for that. We are doing this conversation to help you understand the consumer rights. And our main key speakers are Alice from Consumer Grassroots and Bodyface Committee from Competition Authority of Kenya. To kick off the conversation, I want to ask the two speakers, that is starting from Alice, what exactly do you do? How are you doing in your company that is Consumer Grassroots? What is the journey like? And what would you like people to know about Consumer Grassroots Association? What does it do to the Kenyans? How does it help them? And what is the relationship between you and the Competition Authority of Kenya? Over to you, Alice Kemuto. All right. Good evening, everyone. My name is Alice Kemuto. I'm the Director, Consumer Grassroots Association. This is an organization that was founded back in 2015 to help enhance the rights of consumers at the grassroots level. We've had our ups and downs as an organization, beginning with registration. We were the only organization, I can say, that whose rights were infringed because for three years, we were denied to be registered. We were denied the certificate, but it was because of uh, some quarters that were not keen uh, on what we were going to solve in the society. But regardless, later we were registered and here we are. Basically, what we do is to enhance consumer protection through education and advocacy and also collaborating with relevant government agencies that are charged to discharge the mandate of consumer protection. You asked about our relationship with the CAK. A CAK, as we all know, is a government agency. And as consumer grassroots association and another consumer organization, we are mandated by the Constitution of Kenya, that is the Article 46 of our Constitution, the Competition Act of 2010, and also the Consumer Protection Act of 2012. That's number 46 of 2012. That is where we draw our mandate from. And as you can see, CAK has also been charged by the mandate to oversee the formation of consumer organizations. And other than that, when we have complaints, we work closely with CAK to ensure that consumers get redress or those complaints are addressed at their level. Because as an organization, we don't have that mandate to prosecute, to investigate. All this uh, is with the Competition Authority of Kenya. And that is our relationship. And we work very closely to ensure that you as consumers feel protected. 
Well, that's very elaborate. And thank you so much for taking us through that. Now that you have explained what you do, what you provide and the kind of services that you actually give to the Kenyans and your relationship with the consumer or with Competition Authority of Kenya, I would like to understand what do you value most and how does that shape or inform how you go about leading the CPD at your company, especially with consumer grassroots? What do you value the most? Well, first of all, I just want to correct. We are not a company because we are not in business. Maybe the only business we are into is that of consumer protection. We are a non-profit organization. And what I value the most is the consumer and especially that consumer at the grassroots. I want the dignity of a consumer to be restored. As we are right now, the consumer ecosystem in Kenya is so wanting because consumers are not really given their space to air their issues. Consumers are not really respected as a citizen in the constitution. So what I value the most is that consumer, that if when I wake up very early in the morning to go to the office, I think of that consumer. And when I leave the office, maybe later, some minutes after the normal working hours, still is for the sake of that consumer. So I value the consumers most and the rights of consumers are what I, I usually say they are bread and butter on my end. Because if I realize that your rights are being infringed, then it, 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 it pains me the most. So I value consumers the most in my line of work. Over to yeah. Janet. Boneface Committee is joining us through the Competition Authority account. There was a bit of some hitch, but I think now we are back on track. So thank you so much for actually answering that question to the very best, because I believe very well each and every person is trying to make sure their consumers are actually looked at and that they are given the best. And you coming on board as an organization that does that too. On behalf of the consumers, it's a great value and we thank you. We appreciate you for being there. At the moment, I will hand over to Kwame. Hi, Kwame. Go ahead. All right. Uh, good, good evening, everyone. And, and thanks a lot, Alice, for taking us through, one, your concern for consumer and public affairs in Kenya. And I think it's also an interesting thing to say that uh, your registration took quite a long time in a way that suggests that it might show something about the preference or where the rights of consumers are placed as a policy priority in Kenya, especially within the registration bureaus and all that. But what I'd like for you to bring to us is we know that part of the reason we are holding this and this week has been a good week in terms of celebrating consumers, but also creating the knowledge that consumers need and alerting those who make decisions about what rights consumers have. You mentioned a little bit, but could you trace for us from what kind of laws and what legal instruments provide the rights for consumers, not just to organize, but for consumer organizations to bring the policy concerns of consumers to the discussion tables, but also to create the broader knowledge around consumer issues and affairs in Kenya? Thank you, Kwame. And before I talk about the legal framework, let me just go back a little bit and talk about the brief history of consumer protection, because it's not something that just came from nowhere. Back then in the USA, one president, Kennedy, came up with a bill, that's consumer rights bill, and he addressed, he pushed for consumer rights by that time. 
and that is the right to safety, right to be informed, the right to choose, and also the right to be heard. But later in 1985, the United Nations added four more rights to protect consumers, and they include the right to redress, the right to education, that is consumer education, right to satisfaction, and the right to a health environment. And since 1985, we have celebrated Consumer Rights Day, and that is on the 15th of every March. Every year on 15th, we mark the Consumer Rights Day, but we give ourselves a whole week to get more time to sensitize consumers on their rights. And having said this, in Kenya, uh, the same same rights are entrenched in the Constitution. Article 46 of our Constitution is elaborate on that. We have the, the, com the Competition Act of 2010, Article 55 of that, and also we have a whole Act of Consumer Protection, number 46 of 2012. And this is where we draw the mandate from, as a country, I know that if everything that we are getting from the laws that are there in the country, and I think consumers will be protected, but at the same time, every department, every government department, every parastatal have their own set of rules on consumer protection. If you talk of competition, communication authority, they have their own set of rules on consumer protection because they're handling a whole lot of digital devices. Every ministry has consumer protection department. The Ministry of Trade, they have consumer protection department. They have small sets, some sets of rules that uh, protect consumers in different sectors where they are in their own provinces, as I can put it. So Kwame, as you asked, and also consumers that are listening to me, those are the regulations and the laws that have been provided for consumer protection in Kenya. Thank you, Kwame. All right, Janet, can you go ahead now? Sure. Thank you so much for that. And Alice, those were wonderful insights and we appreciate you for sharing that. Kwame, I think we can continue as we find a way to correct what is happening with competition authority account so that we can bring Boniface on board. All right. Okay, fine. So that means we'll have to go back to you. Alice, you've done a wonderful job of breaking down the history of consumer rights and you articulated the four specific rights that President Kennedy spoke about. And then you talk to us about the legal background that provides an opportunity for the kind of consumer rights organizations that exist or the one that you lead. So to what extent do you think that we as Kenyan consumers within Kenya appreciate those four rights? What is it that you're doing? What do you identify as the most critical among those four rights to highlight and the way in which challenges manifest themselves? So it's basically partly to educate us as, as consumers in Kenya and to tell us what are the challenges that you need to overcome. And how might we, as consumers ourselves, be alert to what those challenges are? Okay, thank you so much, Kwame. Uh, maybe if I could go back, uh, yeah, J.F. Kennedy came with four rights, but we have a total of eight rights, and I can go over again for the sake of those that have just joined us. We have the right to be informed. You have, as a consumer, a right to information. You have a right to choose. You have a right to be satisfied, 
a right to healthy environment, a right to good quality and quantity. And in the constitution, it is put reasonable, reasonable quality and quantity. And you have a right to be heard, a right to redress and a right to safety. Those are eight consumer rights. And as an organization, unlike any other organization that's carrying out the mandate of consumer protection, our main goal is to sensitize consumers, is to educate consumers. We cannot be there for each and every one of you. But if you are equipped, you can be able to protect yourself. So our role as an organization is to educate, to sensitize consumers about their rights. And right now I can proudly say that unlike before, many consumers in Kenya, they know their rights. But the challenge here is, what do they do with that information? What do they do with what they know? And this becomes very hard for us uh, to even discharge our mandate because you realize that a consumer knows their rights but they don't want to take a step. So what I would encourage is there's one thing to know and there's another thing to make use of what you know. This has been a challenge for us. And we sometimes when you go around talking to consumers, educating them, sensitizing them, what we've realized is that they get surprised that there's a right for them to get redressed just in case their right has been infringed. And we go ahead and explain to them about how to go about it. The challenge again is people ask us, just in case I buy a commodity worth uh, 200 shillings and I realize that it is gone stale or bad or the data is, is already expired, uh, what am I supposed to do? Should I just follow 200 shillings or go ahead and do other stuff because uh, it will be wasting my time. And we go ahead and we try to explain to consumers that if you don't take action now, you never know what will happen tomorrow. And assuming what has happened to you has happened to other 10,000 consumers in this country, how much have we lost to that? It seems like not really a big thing, but what we do is quite immense. We tell consumers at the grassroots about how to report even complaints. And the challenge that we have also is that we don't have the capacity uh, to roll out consumer complaint desks all over the country. And even we are thinking, if all goes well, we would like to have consumer courts in the whole country so that the issues of consumers can be addressed there. What we have done as an organization is to try to talk to count governments. Yes, we've not agreed, but we are in this process to help us set consumer complaint desks in the county government and maybe in the Ministry of Trade or another ministry that deals with consumers. So this is work in progress. And when we get there, consumers will be getting a place or a booth where to record their statements and also take their complaints too. So basically the, eco the consumer ecosystem in Kenya is still wanting we ought to collaborate, work together with other organizations and government agencies to ensure that consumers are protected. 
they get the information and they're handled in time. Believe, given what I feel we should do and the challenges we are facing. I know there are more other challenges and when it comes now to this year's theme of Consumer Rights Day, that's Fair Digital Finance, there's a whole lot of complaints that you are getting from digital devices that are being used here, the digital services that are being, are being offered in Kenya. Consumers are complaining a lot. And also that's also a whole set of complaints that may not be taken only to a, cons a consumer complaint desk. Some of them, we need the infrastructure, online infrastructure like that, the one that is there at the competition authority to report such uh, malpractices. Back to you. Our colleagues from the competition authority are here. So Janet will take forward this part of the discussion. Janet, go ahead. Thank you, Kwame, and thank you, Alice, for being uh, here and answering those questions clearly. Unfortunately, Bonface Committee had an issue with uh, hearing us and maybe speaking, and that is why Mugambi is taking up on this from Bonface Committee, but we hope uh, that he is listening in through the conversation. Thank you so much. I'll go ahead and ask you the questions I had asked Alice Kemunto when you were starting. I know you have a journey. Yes. And have had that good experience at the Competition Authority of Kenya. And you know exactly what it does, what it stands for, and of course, where you want to be 15 years from now. Yes. But having said that, what plans you're doing to make sure that the consumers feel safe, feel heard, at the same time feel like you're listening to them and you're taking in from what they are writing, from the complaints they are sharing, and from the organization such as Consumer Grassroots Association that is coming on board to be like a support to what you're doing. What are you doing as a competition authority of Kenya to make sure that the relationship between the brands, financial companies, businesses, and the consumers is actually having more trust other than more complaints and more complaints? Uh, thank you, Janet and Alice and the listeners, and thank you for your patience. Mr. Kamiti, despite our attempts to, to get him on board and the previous testing we could not uh, manage, but my name is Mugambi Motegi. Uh, I'm in charge of communications at uh, CAK. And to give some of the listeners, perhaps who have not interacted with the CAK, an understanding of what we do. We are a government agency, and as uh, you have all uh, elucidated before I, I joined, is that one of our key mandate areas is uh, consumer protection. We strive to enhance the welfare of consumers. We've touched on uh, Article 46 of the Constitution and the rights therein. We have the Competition Act under Part 6. We also have well-enumerated uh, consumer rights there and infringements and what we do to address uh, those infringements when they occur. As, as you said, the business relationship, unfortunately, and I'll pick up maybe from also what Alice has said, unfortunately, what we are seeing in the Kenyan scenario is that consumers, so to speak, have let the business community or businesses downtrod them to some extent, that they don't know the full breadth of rights that they have in the laws and the statutes we mentioned, and how to go about uh, getting redress when those rights are infringed. In our experience, interacting with them, receiving complaints, when you go to the ground and ask them, tell them what you do, some of them are quite shocked that Simple things like misrepresentation, where someone more or less lies to you just to get your money, or things like unconscionable conduct, when you go to a bank 
uh, a financial institution to get a, a financial uh, a, a loan and giving you the loan to perhaps a bank assurance or uh, terms and conditions which keep changing by the day. Some consumers are unaware of this. And as you've uh, rightly put it, the way to create that consumer culture perhaps should start with the consumer lobby groups as a first line of defense. First, consumers also need to be aware of these rights and what, how to get redress. Then the consumer lobby groups have to be more vibrant. Then the CAK and other agencies that have consumer protection elements in them can come up to buttress all this. And that way, we can all push back against bad business practices. And that way, that consumer welfare culture that we all want to, could come to pass. Thank you, Jan. Or, or have, or have I left anything out? Not really. I like how you have explained that, but I really like to know what do you value the most and how are you doing this as you transform or rather inform Kenyans, make sure that, that their rights are protected, they understand their rights as agent for the Kenyan people, that is from Competition Authority of Kenya. What do you value the most and how do you go about it? As, as I, maybe I should have mentioned, we have in our mandate is consumer protection. There's mergers and acquisition. Basically, we control mergers when two companies want to come together to maybe do business together to synergies in terms of the machinery they have, the expertise they have. We look into that. There's uh, Also, we sanction things called restrictive trade practices. Basically, here we are talking about price fixing. We're talking about things to do with collusive tendering. We're also looking at things to do with abuse of dominance. And lastly, the more recent uh, mandate that we, when our law was expanded, was about buyer power. So here is someone in the upstream market who is purchasing products from someone in the downstream market, and they're in such a superior bargaining position that they may use those that position just to extract terms which are, are a bit egregious on the person uh, below them. So. If you look at all this and uh, cons- in terms of competition, the end beneficiary of a competitive economic environment is the consumer. So if you look at it from that standpoint, the CAK's overarching mandate is not to protect businesses, but is to protect the consumer. If we want to enhance the economic benefits that maybe come with the parties merging, but at the end of the day, if five, seven companies to merge and they become one big uh, behemoth of a company, the end person to suffer might be the consumer. If we don't look into cartels, if we don't look into abuse of dominance, if we don't look into collusive tendering, the end person uh, who is harmed by this conduct is the consumer. Again, also buyer power. If, for instance, it's a retail sector or in the insurance sector, if these companies that are being mistreated by the buyer up there, if they get out of business, it's you, Janet, and, and Kwame and myself who will have less options to, to go to. So at the end of the day, consumers are the downstream beneficiary of effective competition and also the, the consumer welfare that we are discussing today. I, I think it's a self-evolving uh, sort of uh, culture. If all of us do our part, businesses will, will see that, you know what, attitude is changing. So they have to shape up. And we tell the businesses to resensitize them. We hold a lot of sensitization sessions free of charge. We go to the counties, we invite or we invited or we invite people to listen to our forums. Some of them invite us to their organizations to speak to them. We do all this for free and just to tell them about our mandate 
and where and how they should ensure that they don't fall foul of our mandate and how they should also treat so to speak, consume as well. So there are many ways we do it. Even these Twitter spaces that we're having today is one of the channels through it. But we do a lot of sensitizations. We go to the ground. Our website is well uh, updated. Uh, last week, we were in Kakamega and, and Eldoret speaking to consumers. We spoke to over 5,000 consumers in a span of a few days, telling them about consumer rights, enabling them to register their complaints. So there are many ways through which we engage consumers and happy to be here as one of the ways to elaborate. And I'm sure maybe there are even some business people in these spaces, so they'll they'll learn a bit. Great. And I like the fact that I saw some of the posts that you shared on social media from the Competition Authority of Kenya on how you're doing the sensitization, the engagements with the communities and for so that for the they can be able to understand their consumer rights. And having explained that maybe somebody here who is wondering, okay, you're doing all this, but how can they be able to get to your services? Which process can they use to be able to access the services? Thank you. Thank you very much, Janet. I could concentrate only on the consumer protection or welfare element of it, but there are many ways through which to reach the authority. We recently launched a, a mobile application. I'll start with that because I'm sure most of us are on, are on their mobile devices. It's on iOS. It's on uh, uh, the Google uh, platform, Android. You can just search Competition Authority of Kenya. You'll get an application there, download it. You can lodge complaints, consumer complaints, right from where maybe the infringement happens. If perhaps it's you walked into a supermarket and you, some, a product that was sold to you had an issue and you reported it and you have all these uh, receipts and all that, you can attach it right from the, the, the center where you're purchasing this product from. And it will hit our, our, our back end and we'll analyze the, the issue from then on. Again, we have our, our website. If you go to our website and a, a page called eServices, for the last one and a half years, we automated all our technical services. And technical here, I mean all the four that I elucidated earlier, including consumer protection. And the eServices is a portal. Eh? So this is now when perhaps you're at home, seated down with your receipts and your warranties, you can slowly load the same thing that I, I told you you can do on, on the mobile app. You can do the same thing on the portal. I won't belabor you with a link. If you just go to our website, you'll find under e-services, all the services, even major applications, you don't have to bring paperwork to us. And the beauty about consumer protection issues or complaints is that the service by the authority is offered free of charge. We'll analyze it for you. And uh, free of charge, you don't have to pay a single cent. Obviously, they're the old uh, school ways of doing things. We still have our, 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 our telephone number, uh, 254-2077-9000. Again, available on our website. Uh, you can email us. You can talk to us through Twitter, DMs. They're all government platforms, official platforms. If you DM us with an issue, we'll contact you. Or, or you just tweet us and we'll get back to you. Great. That was very clear. Over to you, Kwame. All right. Thanks a lot. So we've heard from Mugambi and we've heard from Alice. This is a question for both of them to respond to, and then perhaps we can open up for everybody else to have the back and forth. So the first thing that I'd like to say is that there's a critical issue in Kenyans that's been elevated, and that's the question of digital finance. And I know that the Competition Authority last year published a, a big report about it. Alice alluded to some of the problems regarding the rights of consumers, especially information and disclosures regarding that. So Alice, maybe you could start by telling us whether any complaints are passed through your organization and what you think are some of the solutions 
because I think there was an agreement with the competition authority and I think the central bank is taking forward some regulations. Do you think that's adequate? And what do you think are the main problems that uh, consumers had regarding digital finance products in Kenya? So that's the first. And of course, to, to you, Mugambi, one other thing about it is, yes, you mentioned that there's a consumer education mandate that does exist. Of course, there's a facility for responding to consumers. What's the state of play regarding digital finance and some of the complaints that consumers had made or some of the issues that had been raised about them? Because my view, especially at the Institute of Economic Affairs, is we think that enhancing competition actually helps consumers because then it leads to a variety, diversity of products. It allows for the rights of choice to be exercised because if, if you have regulations that actually constrain choice, then obviously they are working anti the consumer. So each of you can take um, some time to explain to us what you think is the state of play and some of the things that uh, have been resolved so far and what's outstanding. Thank you. Before I respond to your question, uh, maybe I could just also inform consumers that are listening to us that as an organization, we may not be elaborate like Competition Authority of Kenya in terms of complaint handling mechanism in terms of the infrastructure that we have. We are using the so-called old method at the moment because we are limited in terms of finances, I could say that, and also resources to come up with uh, mobile uh, apps and also digital apps that can be used to report. But at the moment, what we're doing is that we issue our telephone number that people can call complain and we'll take it up. What we usually do, when we get the complaints, we forward them to the relevant government agency that is mandated to address the issue. So if it's competition authority, we'll take it there. If it is other departments, we do that. Also, we have our community champions because he said we are a grassroots organization. So we have our community champions in every county. Again, I will also say that because of lack of resources, we cannot be able to have as many as possible. But the few that we have helped consumers to, com- to relay their complaints to us. And we also use our social media platforms uh, like Twitter. We use our Facebook. And every champion has also uh, started their own Facebooks at their counties. So that way we are able to deliver uh, on our mandate to our consumers. Kwame, if you could remind me of the question that you just asked. Yes, I mean, I was just asking about how do you think the, the question of digital lending and consumer rights, which had, to be honest, been violated. Among them was this claim, which of course was proven that for some reason, some of those applications are able to extract personal and private information and use that for, especially for credit sharing. Okay. To begin with, as an organization, we've really done a lot on digital lending to sensitize consumers on the same. We worked together with Kenya Bankers Association. Even before this came on board, we did complain several times to actually CAK and also the Central Bank of Kenya. And at some point, we did uh, a hashtag on punitive mobile lending apps. And out of that, we had a conversation with relevant uh, stakeholders, one of them being CAK, on how the digital lenders are really doing havoc and harm to consumers in this country. Most of the complaints that we get are that data privacy issues. We have high interest rates. And also, it's like uh, they are opaque to regulatory regime 
uh, in this country that has allowed an influx of, of digital lending companies and apps. Uh, some of them have the, the motives. So this is what we have experienced. And most of the complaints actually that we get, more than 60% are on digital lending apps. And they have done a lot of harm to the community, to families, so to an extent that some families, they have, they have to undergo breakup because of uh, the loans that because of the loans on the digital lending devices or apps those challenges rambat and as much as we are talking about inclusivity that the digital lending trying to solve the problem of inclusivity they are able to reach out to, to women and youth mostly they are unbanked and this is the lie that they came up with yeah, but you realize that the harm that they have done is more than what they are supposed to solve. I believe that any device, any innovation that when it's introduced is supposed to solve a problem in our society. But on this one, it has been so punitive in a way. And uh, the step that Central Bank has taken, I want to thank also the Competition Authority of Kenya being that they're the ones that are mandated to do the hours is just to report. And if they don't take action, the, the only thing we can do is to go to court. Otherwise, the role of ensuring that there's a regulatory mechanism to protect consumers with the state and also the agencies of the state. So what they have done, uh, once implemented, it will be a big and a great relief to consumers in this country. Excellent. Thank you very much. Can we have you, Mugambi? Yes, I'm here. Thank you very much. This is a, a hot topic, obviously, in the country. I think even the governor uh, talked to it, uh, I think, two days ago. Maybe let me start by just accepting the reality that Kenya is known for its innovativeness. We have steady internet connectivity locally. We are a youthful population. If you juxtapose all that with perhaps the traditional way of banking and access to finance, I think it was a fertile ground for these digital platforms to flourish because no bank will give you 20,000 at 11 p.m. in the night if you need it or at 6 a.m. So there's a lot of bureaucracy, there's a lot of paperwork, turnaround time is a week, a week and a half. So with all this infrastructure in place, it was a no-brainer that these digital platforms would come here and flourish. That said, they came in and there were some attendant uh, concerns. As Alice has mentioned, some of them are data protection issues where people, you sign off rights to your contact list, you sign off rights to your photo gallery for whatever reason. Some of them ask that. There are phishing incidences, scam incidences. Some of them, for instance, misrepresent their, their, their interest rates or they don't put it in such a clear manner that you perhaps annualize it so that you can see uh, how much is the, the, the actual interest rate that you applicable to the loan that you're taking at 11 p.m. in the night. That said, question you were asking about the complaints we received. At CAK, at some point, maybe two, two three years ago, we said seeing an influx of these incidences of, of complaints, consumer complaints, specifically regarding digital lenders. The most common, obviously, is everyone knows is someone calls you and says your cousin in, back at home in the rural area took a loan. You aren't party to it, but the access is phone book and they called you to tell you to tell him or her to repay them. That was the most common one. 
obviously there, there are some issues which are, are, are going on, unconscionable conduct, because someone has some power over you, they, they are trying to take advantage of that. However, over time, once the conversation regarding regulation picked up, we saw even some movement within the association where they started taking some sort of proactiveness in terms of some of the members who are doing this. Was it enough? Commendable, but I think it wasn't enough. So at some point in 2020, the authority decided to conduct based on on the complaints we've been receiving, obviously based on uh, what is there, uh, the, the prioritization of what we are seeing happening in the economy, we decided to do a, a, a digital credit uh, market inquiry. And we, we, we looked at uh, the regulated and, and, and regulated in this, in this case, we didn't center on one because obviously perhaps even the regulated, there are some issues. So some of the findings from that, uh, I could quickly touch on them, which are a bit interesting. We found out that majority of consumers don't interrogate the loan terms that they take up. As much as you hear, okay, yes, the interest rates are high, but we are finding that some of them don't really bother about uh, what will happen if I don't pay back, how much am I being charged? The key issue that they really wanted was the money, the expediency in which the amount is disbursed to their mobile wallets, period. That lack of uh, critical evaluation, if you compare it, like within 10 minutes, someone can get 20,000 in their mobile wallet, as opposed to two, three weeks uh, turnaround time if you're looking for a facility from a bank. We also found that the pricing, loan pricing models do not reward good borrowers, which should be the case. A good credit score should translate into better terms for you. If you're repaying on time, there's no reason why should continue being stuck with people who are not repaying on time. In consumer protection discourse, a consumer cannot be deemed to have made an informed choice to make a purchase of either product or a service if the information regarding the same was not available to them in a palatable manner to begin with. So if you don't know this thing is going to cost you 10 bob, if you purchase it and after the fact, that's when you start rationalizing, you should know the terms and conditions prior to it. So you found that many of these digital loans never gave the, the, the opacity, as Alice had mentioned, was obviously uh, real and uh, it was affecting uh, consumers. Again, then there was the interest rate, which I mentioned, they were high compared to uh, the traditional banks. Again, they're not presented in an annualized manner. So you look at it uh, as presented, it looks 5 7%, but if you annualize it, it's, it's, it's a bit on the higher end. So... Those are some of the, the findings that we found also that people, majority of the, 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 the people who access these loans have multiple accounts. So someone will have this SIM card on, on, on provider, telecom provider one or A, they can access two, three, four platforms. They'll even go and get another SIM card and, and transact perhaps mobile money through them so that they can build up their score and, and play around maybe with the, with the AIs and get money from a variety of, of platforms. Those were the attendant issues. Now, once we got that, obviously, in government, you make policy recommendations. Some of them, which can be solely under, under the, the remit of the authority. Some, you have to work with sector regulators. For instance, uh, once the CBK came up with a bill, we were quick to inform it because we saw one of the main issues, these digital credit providers are not being licensed in the first place. So as I heard the governor speaking, that is supposed to happen by the end of this year. And I think there's also going to be a deadline by which they, they should be licensed. Again, there are issues, corporate governance, in terms of this confidentiality of customer information. A business is as good as how they treat their customers. So if 
you are going to this extent of unconscionably calling uh, people in the middle of the night. I think I, I saw a case of a pastor who was being called, I think, 20, 40 times in an hour. He couldn't even use his phone as these people tried to, to get him to pay. There were issues on credit appraisal systems. Now these ones have been accommodated in, in the Amendment uh, Act. There are issues to do with non-performing loans. The interest payable on the same. Now, if you go to consumer welfare issues proper, the act and the guidelines are thereof now deal with things like false and misleading representation or advertisements. There are some reporting requirements that these digital lenders are supposed to adhere to. And most uh, uh, important of all, I think, is the fact that it is now they are required to have a complaints resolution mechanism. So a consumer has, for the digital lender, obviously, to be there, to have an active license. Remember, they are licensed now. They'll be licensed. If they don't have these com complaints resolution mechanisms, they are putting their license at risk. Things like variation of credit terms, maybe in the midstream, if such incidences occur, and now there's a, there's a regulator, there are regulations, there are guidelines. I think it's not proper to, to throw the baby out with the bathwater. But in this case, there's some good that comes out of digital lending. Maybe there was a lacuna which allowed for a bit of a misbehavior. But we're hoping that the Amendment uh, Act uh, is going to attend to some of this, uh, this issue. And I think it's good that the, the, the players, including CAK, informed it. It's a good thing for all consumers. It doesn't matter who is the lead or who is seemingly the lead, but it's good that at the end of the day, the consumers under who all of us are supposed to address or, or ensure that their welfare is, is upheld, they are, they are having a good time. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Mugambi. So, Janet, you'll handle the Q&A from uh, the audience. Sure. I really appreciate the two speakers. That was very elaborate. And at the same time, giving people a chance to fully understand what you do and how you're doing it. I'll open forum to any person who wants to ask a question. You can send a request to get the mic so that I can see consumer grassroots. He's on board. Hello, Consumer Grassroots. You can go ahead and ask. This is Jacob Kumenda speaking. I've already tweeted the question. My concern is, what are some of the things that the competition authority is doing to make sure that the many innovative solutions that are coming up, they be able to address the different risks that consumers are facing when they're interacting with the digital platforms that are providing finance or other things? That should be Mugambi's question to respond to. Thank you very much. Maybe before even I answer, it is something which is critical, and I should have said it when I was asked the question about our relationship with consumer lobby groups. As a, the Competition Act and give us the mandate to recognize the consumer lobby groups and, and work with them as the first... Uh, line of defense for consumers. But as had been indicated, these are some sort of check boxes that they, they need to adhere to. Maybe then there are people here who would want to form a consumer lobby group. You have to have a constitution, you have to have financials, you have to have an organization structure, you have to have obviously not a briefcase enterprise. So it's good to see one of the consumer lobby groups that we interact with also on board alongside Alice and others that we were with even last week in, in Kakamega and Eldoret. Now, towards uh, your question on what we are doing, in terms of the e-commerce e uh, landscape, it's a very fluid landscape. Things are changing every day. Regulators, just like consumers, every day you wake up and there's something new in the market. So there are several things that we are doing. Number one, we, are, we keep our, our members of staff uh, informed. We ensure that their skills and capacity in terms of understanding what is going on out there, whether it's through immersive engagements with uh, other agencies in, 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 outside there who are ahead of us a bit 
we have forums through which we, we interact with them and gain knowledge on how to address some of these concerns. But if you've been following the issues in Europe, for instance, they're grappling with complex things on how to look at platforms, how to enforce against the Facebooks of this world and, and such. Locally, some of the things that we have done, we look at our law as it is and address what we can with the law and interpret it expansively to ensure that we address what we can with the law that we have. If there are loopholes that we find as, in, as, as we go al along with these new innovations, we, we address them as such. Maybe one of the issues I, I could uh, point out early last year, uh, 2020, we did a sweep of online uh, platforms. So we are talking about the e-commerce uh, platforms where they, they are selling products to, to consumers and we found them fraught with a lot of uh, consumer uh, infringement, some of them being presentations. You purchase something which has been packaged nicely on the website. What arrives at your doorstep is totally different. We saw things to do with terms and conditions that if they are there in the first place, some didn't have them, but if they're there in the first place, have been hidden so far you can't even understand or you have zero chance of locating them. So some of the things we told, we had this e-commerce platforms address. First, you have to have terms and conditions. You have to beware of misrepresentations. What you're selling should be actually what you deliver to customers. Make these terms and conditions visible to consumers. Ensure the redress mechanisms are easily accessible and inform consumers of, of, of the same. That is on, on maybe the e-commerce space. If you go to the competition sphere, there are a lot more things, things to do with significant market power where people are people with platforms are using data as a big asset right now and using it uh, to the detriment of other players and obviously at the tail end to the detriment of consumers. For instance, in that area, we are doing some study which is supposed to end uh, by the close of this financial year to just understand uh, what are some of the interventions that should be required? Should we relook at maybe how we look at mergers? What are some of the consumer welfare issues that are attendant to some of these digital platform owners abusing this uh, data or AI and uh, big data that they have? And yeah, there are, there are a lot of, it's exciting, but it's also daunting, but uh, we are on top of our game. As I said, it's a new area, so our staff are, are, are well apprised of this and we are continuously en enhancing their skills and capacity to tackle all this. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Mugambi. Now, we don't seem to have other questions, but I'd like to see whether anybody else has one last question before we can ask the, our speakers or our panelists to make their final comments. Does anyone else have? Janet, have you heard from anyone else? Not really. I think everyone understood the conversation and most of their questions have been answered. But in case they would like to ask more after the session, you can go ahead and tweet at CAK Kenya or DM them. Or if you want to lodge a complaint, you can go ahead and, sh and check on the tweet that I had just shared. You can use that to do so. Thank you, Kwame. All right. I'll allow you to close. Let me ask uh, a question on behalf of the audience. So this time we'll reverse the order of our panelists. Let me speak as a consumer. I apologize for hijacking the dispensation of co-hosts to ask my own questions, but this is the thing. One of the areas in which, and I think because we are speaking about this year's World Consumer Rights Day was actually dedicated to digital. And one of the things that I think about digital finance in Kenya is that it's a reliance on infrastructure or it assumes good internet connectivity. 
which Mugambi says that it's true. Part of the reason Kenya is a little ahead than other countries of our income level or in our region regarding digital finance and the innovation is because our internet infrastructure was superior. For a long time, I believed that. And maybe it is. But one of the things that I find as a consumer is frustrating for us, and I speak as somebody who works at the Institute of Economic Affairs, we have dedicated bandwidth provided by the su suppliers. In the last three years, the IE has had four different four different suppliers because we try to move to one person or the other based on the quality of service. The quality of service in terms of its consistency regarding internet services, speaking as a consumer, is extremely poor. And it's not just for the corporate level. Even this in, in the place where I live now, we are supposed to have it, but I prefer to use one form and not Wi-Fi because those services are poor. And I think they seem to be getting about, away with it because if you look at the costs, the costs are actually not that low. So I'd like to ask from Mugambi, and then of course, Alice will also tell us what whether that's a consumer complaint she's received. What's happening? It, 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 it looks like consumer rights are too heavily, or rather the advocacy and the, the enforcement is very heavily dedicated to managing competition or managing other things, but the real things on which the infrastructure that builds on businesses is poor. Do you receive any complaints and is there any response from the competition authority regarding the quality of services in terms of its consistency? Or is that an issue that we should actually stay, take to the communications authority and not the business of, of the competition authority of Kenya? Thanks. So you'd make that comment and then we'll go to Alice and then I'll ask uh, our colleague Janet to, to wrap up the, the session. Thank you. Thank you, Kwame. As you've indicated, the uh quality of service obviously is, is, is a consumer concern because if, if you look at it from as it, as it is just plainly it's basically telling you give me a 3000 bob and i'll give you one or two gb or whatever gb if that is not delivered then there should be repercussions have you attended to such yes we have we have received such complaints and most of the time you'll find that the isps that we we interact with remedy the situation or give some sort of free bundles or something of a sort just to restitute the, the complainant. So there are several of them. Evidence of this can be found in our annual reports. There are appendices at the back you'll find there are some of these complaints that people have brought to us. However, uh, as you've also quickly mentioned somewhere, we are a multi-sectoral agency and there is a sector regulator in that sector. So the good thing, that they are the ones who are proper, supposed to attend to the issue of uh, uh, QoS, However, the, the consumer element of it, and now that overlapping mandate, it does happen. We remedy it where we can. When the complaint comes in, we don't rush or duck away from it. We restitute the complainants if the case merits. If it's a bit more technical, obviously we work hand in hand with the, the sector regulator with whom we have an MOU where we have cross-cutting issues on our mandate. We, we work together. But obviously, QS is, is indeed a, a, a consumer welfare issue. Uh, thank you so much for that response. And I think the sector regulator here, you mean communication authorities. Isn't it? Okay, to answer your question, I may not really have a team organization is uh, to ensure that consumers are uh, protected from the services or the goods that they get. And actually, what you've alluded to is one of the key concerns. Though we have not received many complaints on that, that one I don't know, 
but no many complaints that have come on that. But we cannot talk about uh, good connectivity without the devices to be used. So as a consumer protection agency or an organization, ours is to ask also the same sector, the regulator that Mugambi has talked about to ensure that we get affordable devices and also good infrastructure uh, so that we can enhance our e-commerce in the country. The cost of phones, if you ask me, for us to talk about e-commerce at the village level, the mama that is doing mboga at the village level could really want to have a phone that is affordable so that they can upload what they are doing and market it elsewhere. If, if for that to uh, happen, we need cheap, cheap phones for them to use. And also the government and also the sector that is mandated to ensure that we have connectivity in this country should ensure that we get at least good infrastructure, quality infrastructure that will even help the young people that we have in Kenya to grow in innovation and bring as many, many innovative products to this country. Let this cost go down. At one point when we had a conversation with the communications authority, uh, there was a prediction that in the next 10 years, maybe internet in this country will be, uh, will be free. But what about the quality? Have we talked about the quality? This is what we need to look at. Uh, will it help a business to make meaningful transactions? These are the things that we should look at. Because at the end of the day, any cost that is passed on to a, a business, any cost that is passed on to a company, it, it trickles down. We pay the most when it comes to the costs that are associated with the infrastructure, that are associated with the cost of data. We are, as consumers, are the ones that pay that the most. So it's our plea. Uh, even as Mugambi, you are listening, and also other colleagues of yours are listening, to kindly, and I'm pleading on behalf of consumers, to kindly sit down and um, with the other regulators and come up with a way that Kenyans will access affordable services and also affordable devices to use. This year's theme is Fair Digital Finance. We would want to have as many people uh, as possible uh, being banked. And one of the ways that we can do that is to have these gadgets that can be used where banks cannot reach. So if we could make them affordable, then we would have solved one of the problems, as we said, there's no innovation if that innovation is not solving any problem. But if it solves, then it will be a meaningful innovation. Maybe my final remark is that as consumers listening to me, kindly, let us love ourselves. Let us get to know our consumer rights. And what you've heard me say, let it not be for you only. What you've heard my colleagues say, let's not be for you only. Can you take this information to other consumers Educate your brothers, your sisters, your family members. Let us be proud of who we are. We are consumers and we are the ones that make the economy run. We should talk about us. We should be proud of, of us. And those that bringing the services and also goods to us, 
they should know that we matter the most in this ecosystem. So if we do that, it will reach a point that we will dictate what is going to be offered in the market. Thank you. All right. So thanks to everyone. So Janet, please close the meeting. Sure. I was listening to Alice and something caught my attention and especially from the words that she has talked about, we need to not only be aware of our rights, but also be able to share more so that others can know about it. I will end this conversation, a quote from Adam Smith, and he says, consumption is the sole end and purpose of all production. And the interest of the producer ought to be attended to only so far as it may be necessary for promoting that of the consumer. At the end of the day, you as a consumer, you need to understand your rights, but not just understanding them, but also helping others understand about them, know them. But don't forget, you have the platform. CAK provides it. Consumer Grassroots provides it. If you have a complaint, go ahead, find the right channel, share that complaint, and let us be there for one another as consumers. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. I really, really appreciated this moment. So glad that I listened to amazing insights, amazing people, and looking forward to more of this because I know understanding our rights as consumers is not a one-day thing. We have to do it constantly. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much.